Hello and welcome back to another Radio Nasties minisode. Keeping up with the traditional phone last time, I've got another guest friend of the podcast. Uh, we have Heather, who was formerly of Sweet Ass Paranormal, but has now moved on to her new project, Nightshade. Hopefully by the time this episode has launched, there will be at least one episode of Nightshade, and even a revision. We're all excited for it, and I'm sure it's going to be great. For today's discussion, Heather has chosen 1992's Raising Cain, directed by Brian De Palma. So once again, this is a structured a little bit differently from a regular episode of Radio Nasties. These are just here to make the wait for season three a little bit more bearable, and I hope you enjoy our discussion on Raising Cain. Hey, Heather, how's it going? Good. How are you, Richard? Not too bad. Not too bad. You are ready to discuss some De Palma? I'm so ready. (laughs) (laughs) So you've chosen uh, Raising Cain for us to talk about today. Uh, What made you pick this? You know, I just really love like the older horror movies, even though I don't know if this one would necessarily be considered horror because it's kind of more like, I don't know, thriller or whatever. But it was was one that um, was really almost traumatizing as a child when I watched this. Oh, did you watch this young, did you? Oh, yeah. I watched a lot of horror movies when I was way too young. (laughs) So I like I like those ones that I watched that were like traumatizing. So I like revisiting them as an adult. (laughs) I think this would be an all right one to introduce a younger kid to horror because it's it's not that it's not that bloody it's not that violent there's not really that much bad language yeah that's true there's there's a bit of sex but that's about as risky as it as it goes yeah it's more like upper thigh and that's about it (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah so are you a fan of brian de palmer in general or is it just this particular film of his um i think this is the only one of his that i know of unless i've seen Unless I've seen something else that I um, didn't like, make the connection. <laughs> I'd say his biggest films are probably Scarface. Uh, okay, yeah, I've seen that. Uh, Carrie. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I guess so. I would say yes then. <laughs> uh, did the first Mission Impossible film? You know what's funny? I've never seen that. I haven't I... seen any of those ones. Oh, none of them. I've only seen the first three, and that was way, 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 way ago. I hear they get really good now. Oh, really? Yeah. I've heard like maybe. people say the newest one is like the best in the franchise so far. Oh, my gosh. Well, maybe like... I should start at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, might, might be worth delving into. Maybe. But yeah, De, De Palma's known for his thrillers. So if you like this, uh, you might want to check out a film called Blowout. Blowout, okay. Yeah, Never heard of that. That's got um John Lithgow in it as well. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> I think that were I think that was uh mid seventies. Okay, so pro- before maybe this one. early maybe early eighties. Yeah, wait, wait. Nice. Nineteen ninety two this film was, wasn't it? I think it was in the early nineties, yeah. Blowout was nineteen eighty one. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, I will check it out. He he also did another film that reminds me a bit like this called Dress to Kill, but I wasn't too keen on that one. No. But it's got Michael Caine in it, so. Oh, hey, that like instantly bumps it up a notch. <laughs> <laughs> I love how he says his name. Michael Caine. Like, Michael Caine. <laughs> like he's saying Michael Caine. Exactly. That's how I have to say it because my non-English accent ruins it. <laughs> <laughs> 
so yeah, we're going to talk about uh, raising... raising cane. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be talking about raising cane from 1992, which is a sort of heavy thriller, slight horror film yeah, starring yeah. Uh, John Lithgow, who stars as a person who suffers from multiple personality disorder. He very much does. <laughs> and to me, John Lithgow's like, performance is definitely like the highlight of this film. He is so good at it. He does do a really good job of like switching back and forth between the altars. It's pretty good. Yeah, in like, the little interrogation scene towards the end. It's yes. Just like, it's just like so seamless. It is. <laughs> it's really good. Because how, how many personalities does he have? He's got his actual self. Then he's got Kane. His he's supposed got... twin brother. Yeah. And then he's got Josh, who's like a seven-year-old boy. And then he's got Margot, who's a female, but we don't know how old she is. F- uh, an adult female. So I think it's four. And he plays four personalities, but he also plays a fifth character. He plays his own dad. That's right, he does. <laughs> I I I thought for sure the first time like that was just going to be one of the twists and he his dad didn't exist either and he was one of the personalities. Yeah, it's been so long since I've seen it. That's what I thought. And then as I was watching it I was like, "Oh no, right. oh right, he's real." <laughs> Cuz they even like any time they mention him and it's like, "Well, he's he's been dead for years." So it definitely feels like the film was trying to make you believe that as well definitely yeah and especially i'm like jumping ahead a little bit like when kane is in the same room talking to the father like the director they they use like an interesting camera angle and like lens so it makes it i don't know if it was like a wide angle lens but it makes it feel like it could be in his head or like the father's not real it was very kind of weird yeah definitely and correct me if i'm wrong but i don't think the two of them are ever in the same frame yeah, they're not. It always cuts back and forth to them. Yeah, so it it further makes you feel like, oh, it's just the same guy. <laughs> yeah, because um, and as soon as you see his supposed twin brother for the first time, like even before I'd really known what the film was, I'd instantly clicked like he's not real. There's there's no way this dude has just miraculously appeared whenever right. it needs him. Yeah, it's kind of like interesting how he just like pops up. out of nowhere yeah just randomly in the woods like oh hey yeah there you are okay there you are (laughs) i i love the bit where um his wife comes back after he thinks he's got rid of her and he's just he's just looking to kane and then she's just like who the hell are you talking to yes that was very interesting i think that's when she realized that her husband had cracked or like something was wrong with him <laughs> for the first time. <laughs> I mean, you, you'd think she would realize something was wrong with him after he tried to murder her. But <laughs> I mean, yeah, but that would probably be in her first clue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That scene with the car is so frustrating for me. Yeah. Like when he puts her in the car to drown her in whatever the swampy lake or whatever mm. that was. <sighs> I, I definitely feel like the, the pushing the car into the swamp was like a, an homage to uh, Psycho. Did you? Yeah. yeah. It's been so long since I've seen Psycho, you might have to refresh me. When after, a, well, despite uh, slight spoilers for Psycho for anyone who sorry <laughs> maybe hasn't seen it in the 60 years it's been out. But after he kills Marion Crane, he puts her in the the boot of the car and then pushes it into the swamp. Oh, that's right. And then okay. The final scene of the film is the 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 car being dragged out of the swamp. Right. Okay. 
It's been a minute since I've seen that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, to Palmer's like, I, I don't think he he hides the fact that he's a huge Hitchcock fan. Uh, yeah, I could see the resemblance now that you're saying this. So e- even the music in this film sounds like something you hear in a Hitchcock film. It does. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe they should have got him to do the remake. <laughs> I'm sure should, he- maybe. Maybe it would have been better. (laughs) Yeah, you want to put Vince Vaughn in it. (laughs) You didn't like that part? Oh, God. (laughs) I'm not not doing that rant again. (laughs) So what what are some of uh, your other favorite scenes in this film? Oh, my gosh. When Kane is about to, like, murder the babysitter, and he's like, (laughs) first of all... (laughs) I was laughing so hard last night because that little like knife that he pulled out that he's like supposedly going to kill a babysitter with. It's like an inch long and I'm like <laughs> just laughing. It's like a Swiss army knife or whatever. Yeah, like a, pick, a better, pick a better murder weapon, mate. Yeah, it's like just this tiny little and he's like, I'm going to do it. I was just laughing. I was like, what is that going to do? But um, no, like a little boy comes out of the restroom and he has this adult, this weird adult voice. Did you hear that? Yeah. So weird. He's like, I know what you're going to do and it's a bad thing and I'm going to (laughs) tell. He's like, Kane's like, get the hell out of here. Yeah, it is. It is weird at first until you realize like that kid's one of his uh, personalities. Yeah. Just like, who the hell's, who's this? Who are you? Who is this random kid? Yeah. Such a weird voice. Like the voice doesn't match the body of this kid. I don't know. But as the viewer, you're seeing this kid and you're like, what the hell's happening? Like, is this a real kid? Is it not a real kid? Like, where's the voice coming from? It's weird. Yeah, because it, 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 definitely, it definitely threw me off the first time. And then when, as we mentioned before, you go to the interrogation scene, I'm like, oh, right. There's there's a whole bunch of bloody people in here. Yeah. So that was actually the boy. Like, he wasn't actually there, but he was there in his head. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> have you seen split uh oh my gosh it's been i saw it when it came out right yeah yeah. i wonder yeah i wonder if uh this influence split in any way it might have i could see that because like there's a female character too in split of course there is yeah Yeah. and he's got like the the child personality as well yeah yeah definitely oh maybe yeah I didn't even think about that. Neither did I until we just brought it up. Then it, it literally just clicked into my head there. Yeah, I like Split. That's such a good movie. Yeah, I I've it. only I've only seen it once. Yeah, me too. But I I did like it. <laughs> I, I haven't watched I haven't watched Unbreakable in God knows how long, and then I still need to see Glass as well. Yeah, I need to see Glass also. <laughs> Unfor- unfortunately, I heard mixed things about Glass, but oh well. Really? Yeah. I just I just try to not. Because, I don't know, I haven't even seen it. I, I have to get my husband to watch Unbreakable first. Right, yeah. Because he saw Split, but I'm like, you have to watch Unbreakable before we can watch Glass. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that scene with Bruce Willis just would not make any sense. You'd be like, It would not. What? Why are they making <laughs> yeah. such a big deal? Like, why have they got Bruce Willis in this film for 30 seconds? <laughs> right. I'm like, it matters. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, the little kid voice was creepy in that part going back to raising Kane, and i liked at the end i totally forgot like at the end that he his like alter changed to margo like i forgot about that whole thing yeah because that's that's how he gets out of the interrogation room isn't he 
because he's yeah. he's being uh, I forgot the character's name. He's being interrogated by that doctor. Oh, I don't remember her name. But she, yeah, she's she's some sort of psychiatrist that worked yeah. with the dad, right? Yeah, the dad. Yeah, can't remember his name either at the moment. <laughs> Sorry, I think it's is it Doctor Nix? Yes. Well, I think you. I think uh, the main character is Doctor Nix, and then he's Doctor Nix Senior. Yes. Yeah, it is Nix. You're right. <laughs> yeah, because she, she she was working with him, and she basically tells the police that like this guy was proper insane. Yeah, he was like stealing children to do psychology experiments. Yeah, which is what, what like doing now. Yeah, but okay. So then, when I was watching last night, I had totally forgot that like. Okay, so this father psychiatrist or whatever psychiatrist, psychologist, I don't remember which one he was, but he had his son and that's Carter, the one with all the personalities. And so he abused his son like traumatically to make his personality split. Yeah. Like that was the purpose. So was he going to do that to these other children too? Uh, yeah, I would definitely imagine so. Or definitely similar, similar experiments because there's the scene with carter and his dad where he goes on about you know how he he's basically he's like a like no he says something like no jail can hold him because he's you know he's been escaping from prisons his whole life because his dad constantly put him in cages and then like that really irritates his dad and he's like there weren't cages they were oh, he what does he call them he calls them oh gosh like, um he, he calls them something like child environment facilities or something. Yeah, it's something along that line. It makes you think, like, what were these bloody experiments doing? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's very, they, yeah, they don't really explain it. They kind of leave it like up to the viewer to imagine that. Which I don't know. It's probably good because I don't really want to see any of that. <laughs> yeah, de- yeah. I, I think it's better that you don't see it anyway. Yeah. See, when I was watching that scene, I thought he meant like like a mental cage. Like he would put, like he would make Kane go to sleep and put him away in Carter. That's what I thought. It could be that, or it could be an actual physical like cage. <laughs> I mean, unless unless yeah. it's you know like some sort of experiment room where he's basically like a, a hamster in a maze or something like that. Yeah, it could. I mean, could very well be that too. They don't really explain that, so. The, the dad's clearly nuts, but he's definitely got like the self-righteous attitude that he thinks like what he's doing is is like a necessary evil. Yeah, does he ever explain why? <laughs> well, I, I know that um I think it's in it's, I think it's in like the very opening scene when Carter is is he's riding in the car with that woman. Okay, and then yeah. they're, they're having small chat and then he goes on about like, no, you know, like we know so little about right, like human psychology and stuff. So it, it definitely feels like that's passed on from his dad because he, he sort of gets annoyed when yeah it gets brought up. And I think, you know, his dad's probably done some very messed up fucking things during his research, which is obviously got him landed yeah. in him losing his license and he, i think he's definitely regressed that onto carter as well so do you think that's why carter went into psychology so he could continue help continue his father's work 
I get the impression that he probably didn't even go into it himself. I feel like he was probably forced into it because there's okay. th- there's a scene at the end towards the end where his dad says that Carter's a good boy. He always does what he's told. Oh yeah, that's so true. I imagine his dad's probably lost his license, and he said like, "Well, you know, you're going to become a psychologist and continue my research." Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, I didn't connect that. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> it's messed up. Because his, his dad even goes to the trouble of faking his own death so he can continue what he's doing. Yeah, definitely. And then also they had mentioned because of the split personalities of Carter that Carter doesn't even remember any of the abuse. So in his eyes, his dad is not a bad guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But he totally is. Because Kane's the one who does all the interaction with his dad. So Carter doesn't even know that his his dad's still going about do you oh you think carter thought his dad was dead i get the impression he does at least at least for a while oh okay i could be wrong about that but i feel i feel like how would his wife know that he was dead if he hadn't mentioned it Mm, that's a good point see i thought in the beginning when carter was like chloroforming that woman um in the beginning scene that he was like gonna take the child to his dad yeah maybe but I don't know. Yeah, you could be right. I don't know. <laughs> There's a lot of unanswered questions in this movie. <laughs> yeah, but I, I feel that's probably more in the good way and not the what the hell this film doesn't make any sense kind of way. Yeah, that's true. You don't like it doesn't end and you're like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> How did you feel about the end scene? To be honest, I'd, I'd, for, I'd forgot the exact end scene. Okay. <laughs> I I can remember him still being around to some capacity because you've got the scene where his his daughter runs in to the woods and the mum chases after her. Yeah. And the the, the kid starts asking where like where's, where her dad is. And his mum starts uh-huh. to say that like, oh you know he's he's gone away, he's not here. And then the kid's adamant that he is there. And then he's just standing behind her, like dressed up as a woman with like a long blonde wig and a, a red dress. It just took yeah. me by spice because I totally forgotten about it. I was like, <laughs> Oh, oh yeah. There he is. <laughs> so I like, yeah, I guess he just remained Margot. But it's kind of weird because the music at that moment, like when the mom bends down to pick up her daughter, it's so like menacing and shocking. But he's yeah. got, but Margot has a smile on their, on his, on its face, <laughs> on their face. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. It's, it's odd because to me, when I first watched the film, I was like, oh my gosh, like this woman's going to die now. Like he's going to take the kid. But then I remembered that Margot is supposed to be the one that protects the children. So maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, like I, d- a, I don't think she had any malicious purpose. Yeah, like maybe it was like just a protecting watch. Because surely if know. if Margot wanted to take Amy, then she would have before the mum got there in time. Yeah, definitely. If he was going to snatch her, he could have done it. Yeah, I don't know. So maybe he just remains Margot. Yeah, because I, I remember the first time I watched it, I thought they were going to do like a twist ending that Amy has the same sort of split personality that oh her dad did. But then obviously it didn't go down though. Yeah, I think that could have been a cool ending as well. Yeah. Like Amy sees another person. Or maybe Amy or maybe Amy does have split personality and she's just seeing her dad dressed as Margot. 
that is another turn as well. It could very well be. Because she sort of, Margot sort of like disappears when. Yes. Like she just literally vanishes. So was she even really there? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know. Because yeah, the mom bends down. There's Margot, stands back up. Margot's gone. You know, the, the last, Amy went for a pretty traumatic experience through herself at the end. And you think the three people that there yeah. were her mum, Margot, and uh, the doctor. Yeah. So may- maybe she has created these people as split personalities. Oh, I didn't even think about that part. <laughs> or, or maybe we're just looking way too much into it. <laughs> that could be. <laughs> we, we we do have the tendency to do that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's good. Because, yeah, I never even thought about that. Because it doesn't make sense why Margo would just disappear. We, we need a Raisin Amy film to answer these we questions. We do. We do. I don't know. Do you think that that experience for Amy would have been traumatic enough to cause her personality to split? Because she was with the the doctor for like a few days. Like we don't know what happened during that time. Maybe. I, I don't know if if that's the sort of illness that can be hereditary or not. I don't think that it is. I think something has to happen. Right. Something very awful. I think we all know what that awful thing is. But like that usually is what happens to cause that. So I don't know. She was with the doctor for like what a I want to say it was like several days. Yeah, at least yeah, at least that, and then being chucked off of a, a balcony, and then almost getting impaled by a sundial can definitely uh, make what's already yeah. a pretty bad situation even worse. I would say so, <laughs> especially at that age. Yeah, definitely. Well, you think she's like four? four yeah, yeah, three, three or four. I'd yeah, say. that could be. Didn't even think about that. We need a raising Amy. Yeah, definitely. If you if you're listening, Brian De Palma, get on it. Let's do this thing. What about all like the the impaling in this movie? I thought that was like <laughs> a lot of yeah, it's, foreshadowing. It's, it's, I was just about to say there seems to be a lot of impaling foreshadowing. It definitely makes you want to think that it's going to end with an impalement, and it almost does. Yeah, it does. Even at the end when they're moving the sundial around, there's somebody in the background who even shouts like, you're going to get somebody killed with that thing. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. There was a lot of impaling. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because there's the one in the dream sequence with the... uh, Yeah, uh, the cheating wife. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's it's so weird how like her character arc just ends with her just embracing this unfair. She's like, "Yeah, we're together now." It's like, "Whoa!" I'm- I yeah, that was pretty like it was like <laughs> just a drop of the hat. Like, yeah, I'm married, but whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like maybe they could have done a little bit more character development there or something. Yeah, because the the character that she has the affair with literally just pops up, and it's like, oh. Hey, it's you. Oh my gosh. What if, What did you think about the scene with like, okay, so there's like the wife's, oh gosh, what is the wife's name? Jenny. Jenny. Okay. Like Jenny in this crap. I can't remember names. Jenny and like the man she has the affair with, who's like an old love Jack. interest. Yeah. Jenny and Jenny Jack. and Jack. Oh, isn't that perfect? Okay. Jenny and Jack. <laughs> Jenny's like this nurse and Jack was in the hospital that she worked at years ago with his wife dying of lung cancer oh, and literally know, right? like 
oh my gosh, on New Year's Eve, they're watching the ball go down and she like kisses him in front of his dying wife. Oh my God, oh. no. Which then sends the poor like, fucking woman into cardiac arrest. Yeah. How terrible is that? It's like, at least oh wait gosh. until she dies before you leave her. I know. Or like, don't kiss like t- two feet from the foot of her bed. This poor dying woman. R- really <laughs> unprofessional from her as well. We're having um, affairs yeah. with a, a patient's husband's. Absolutely. Like while you're trying to care for them. I'm, su- I'm surprised she didn't get in more trouble for that when the patient dying on her when she was clearly distracted i feel like she probably would have caught it had she not been smooching up on this woman's husband <laughs> yeah it's like yeah this poor woman might still be alive yeah i don't know pretty terrible i was just like oh my gosh do you have no more no morals at all <laughs> maybe that's why when she gets like drowned or whatever in the car i didn't feel too terrible <laughs> I don't know. No, yeah, I definitely get you. To be perfectly honest with you, I'd forgot that she doesn't die. I did too. <laughs> and then she came back I and did. I was like, oh, shit, she's alive. And I'm like, wait, yeah, I knew this, obviously. <laughs> and then like the rest of the film like, came flooding back and I was like, well, yeah, of course she was alive. The rest of the film yeah. played out. Right, yeah, totally forgot as well. It's been a while. <laughs> For a minute when she like, when he had like, already supposedly drowned her and was back at the house like he had like the crt tv monitoring system set up in his daughter's room and she like flashed on there with wet hair yeah. for a minute i thought oh she's an altar now <laughs> how would that have been for him <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty creepy shot to be fair it is especially she's when there you're not and then she's gone yeah so did yeah. that freak you out as a kid yeah, when yeah. you watched it i think so yeah I, I just think the thing that freaked me out the most was like like i said like the little boy with the a weird adult weird voice yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> that scared me the most <laughs> that's what i remember the most <laughs> yeah good times <laughs> i don't know i was trying to think last night like what the impaling could mean like if it's something that if it's just foreshadowing like okay i get it but does it have like a deeper meaning i feel like it must do because obviously they, they do foreshadow it so much and then it yeah. doesn't really happen yeah. So I don't know if that's just gone over our heads and we're not we're not clicking on it. It could be. I don't know. It it feels like because like being impaled, it's like an intrusion into yourself. So I yeah. wonder if it's like kind of going on the theme of like the doctor like breaking into your psyche and causing damage and splitting. I don't know. I so I was mm. trying to connect dots. <laughs> Maybe so you could you could say what the doctor's doing is he's mentally impaling people. Yeah. <laughs> i'll just say that's what it is yeah let's let's just go with that if neither of us can think of anything else okay that works so i i think it's i think it's fair to say you're uh you're a fan of this film then i don't know if i i mean i hmm it hits differently when you're an adult (laughs) and you have the logic to be like wait a minute what but i still like it i mean i own it and yeah yeah I like the film. I mean, I think it has some good qualities that are creepy and weird. And I don't know. I don't know if I like the whole like um, villainizing mental illness. I don't know how I feel about that whole part of it. <laughs> that, that just seemed to be a, a theme in that period of time anyway. That's true. That's very true. Yeah. It's, it's only in like the know. past few years where it's got to a point where it's like, you know, may, maybe not all... Uh, mentally ill people are <laughs> psychopaths right what a concept i don't know i wonder how people who have like 
dissociative identity disorder like feel when they watch this movie i don't know i guess guess it depends what personality is out at the time i mean that's true that's true i I feel like i would be insulted i'd be like really (laughs) some of me are offended by this some yes some of us i feel like four personalities is really not a lot compared to a lot of like studies i've read and things that i've seen like normally it's like 10 20 plus that people can have yeah, because that's what it's like in Split, isn't it? I think, oh gosh, I can't remember how many he has. It's definitely double digits. It might even be higher mm. than that. Because I, I don't think you even see all of the Split personalities in Split. Yeah, I don't. It's been a minute. Yeah. 24. Just remember. 20, 24 different personalities. 24. Yeah, see, so four feels like really a low amount. That, that could just be the ones we know about. That's true. Know, it could be more. That is true. That's very true because they don't, a lot of them like don't know about each other either. Yeah. So obviously to get out of the interrogation room, he basically has to knock out the, the psychiatrist. And then he basically he steals her wig and her clothes and everything to get out. So maybe that yeah. has become a new personality on top of well, the that's, other ones. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't even Margot because I thought that it was Kane, but then she says, is this Margot? But I thought it was just Kane pretending to be margo yeah that's a good point that could be yeah because it's it's kane that tells him how to get out of it yeah so maybe yeah maybe he was pretending to be margo to get out of it but i don't know maybe it could have just been margo but would margo headbutt someone (laughs) i don't know (laughs) maybe maybe she would if she thought it was in the best interest of the children okay that makes sense because she still has to go and try and save amy yeah i guess technically she does yeah because i don't think he, very... yeah he, he never he never after that scene he never goes back to carter yeah. or kane yeah he just like stays margo supposedly <laughs> yeah and then if, if the ending's anything to go by maybe he's permanently stuck could be especially because yeah, i've if especially if he's gone to the extent of continuing to dress up as her yeah definitely could very well be Maybe Carter is gone forever. Maybe, maybe. There is only Margot. <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me of Ghostbusters when it's like, there is no Dana, only Zool. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a very interesting film. There's a lot that I've yeah. forgotten. <laughs> I definitely think it's one that you can get a lot from multiple viewings as well. Definitely. <laughs> because I feel like every time you're like realizing something that you didn't catch on the other watching <laughs> yeah especially with being how like sort of twisty and turny it is it's good to see how the seeds are planted yeah definitely like you say with the, the kid coming out of the bathroom kids coming out of the bathroom which part <laughs> the bit the bit that freaked you out with the oh yeah 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 <laughs> yes that part was weird i was gonna say like i got really confused when they pulled out the car and opened the trunk and it was like the first lady because yeah. i had forgotten what had happened to her it seems like kane's like mo is to like just drown women in cars or put women in trunks well yeah yeah he kills women to take their kids and then yeah they use that body to try and frame jack as the murderer yeah well wait but didn't he try to use that body to frame 
Did he use both bodies of the babysitter and the first woman to frame Jack? The, the first, the, I got the body that's being looked at. I think that's the second murder. See, because I thought it was the first. Because maybe it was. They pulled her out of a trunk, but then they, they were saying like she was alive because her fingers were all scratched up. Yeah, whoever I, whoever the second body is, I think that's to seal the deal because. Okay. Carter goes into the police and he's like, my wife, my wife, my wife's missing, the kid's missing, don't know what's going on. And then he goes to draw a sketch with the sketch yep. artist and he he gets them to draw out a picture of Jack. Yep. And then the police head to the park to try and find him because Carter already knows he's going to be there to meet his wife. Or Kane knows. Kane, yes, yeah, sorry. Kane or- Kane. Is it oh, Kane or Carter at this point? <laughs> oh, it's one of them. It's confusing. <laughs> it's one of those guys. Then the, the police grow there. They go up to Jack and they're like, you know, can we talk to you? And then Jack's like, um, yeah, sh- sure. What's the issue? And then he asks them to open his car up and he's like, well, okay, but you know, you're not going to find anything there. And then boom, dead body. Yeah. The babysitter. Yeah. Which is obviously en- enough for the police to go like, yeah, we got him. Yeah. And then they pulled out the Okay, and then while he was detained, they found this first body of the first woman. I'm trying to get it right because I'm like, what is the timeline here? No, I think that is the second body. I could be, maybe I'm remembering it wrong. I don't know. <laughs> I remember I remember one of them had messed up fingers because she was trying to get out of the trunk. Yeah, I definitely think that's before okay. the police go and arrest him. They found that body first and I then f- I think they go so. to find Jack and then find the second body. Okay. I'm fair, yeah. <laughs> okay, that sounds right. <laughs> Let's just pretend. I'll it trust is. you on that one. <laughs> okay, cool, perfect. Tell <laughs> so, me what, what happened. So, is, is there any other bits you want to talk about raising Kane before we wrap it up? Um, I want to talk about the elevator scene when Jenny <laughs> is like going to save her daughter, and she gets in accidentally gets into the same elevator that supposedly Margot is in. Yeah, and Margot's. Standing in the corner, holding groceries like up to her face with a wig, a trench coat, and no shoes or anything. That yeah, it's just really like, crazy. did Jenny not realize until she noticed the no shoes? I don't know. Well, because she was following this person and she thought yeah. it was the doctor, the like psychiatrist. Yeah, because she's like screaming at like, well, shouting at like, do you know where my daughter is? Did you find anything out? And then she, Margot just walks past her and gets in the car. Yeah. So she's following her and like follows her to this hotel that where the, the, Doc, the main Dr. Nix, the like older Dr. Yeah, Nix is. Yeah. But she gets in the elevator and like there's friggin' Margot just standing there. Yeah, because she, she looks a little bit tense when she goes in to the elevator, but then it doesn't seem to click with her until she notices the lack of shoes. Yeah, and then she's like, oh, you're Carter, but not Carter. Who are, yeah. You could be anybody. And then again, pulls out a little switchblade knife that's like an inch long. <laughs> I swear there's a similar yeah. weapon to like that in a Dress to Kill. Maybe maybe De Palma's just got a thing for tiny switchblade knives. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought that scene was so creepy, and that how like when you see that she sees Margot, you think that Margot's gonna attack her or something, but she just stands there. Margot yeah. does because even and then, like Doctor Nix doesn't even really click. Yeah, he Margo. doesn't see her. I don't think. No, because if it wasn't for Margot, I don't think they would have been able to save Amy. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. I just like that scene. It's very intense. <laughs> it is. It's very action packed. That last sort of minute, a lot, a lot happens. Yeah. There's falling children and gunshots and potential impalement. It, yes, very much. Because <laughs> I really thought Jack was going to get impaled. I did too. I did too. I, I didn't. Well, well, how funny is that? Like the Doctor Nix just shoots the gun, and it like shoots off the tip of the <laughs> sundial, so he yeah. doesn't get impaled. I'm like, well, I was lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good, good, lucky shot, mate. Lucky shot. Right. <laughs> Very interesting. Very interesting. Weird, messed up movie. It is. I yeah, I, th- I think I'd, I'd say it's worth a watch. Yeah. It's you know it's it's probably not as good as some of De Palma's films, but it's it's all right. I yeah. think it, I think it got mixed reception when it came out but i could see that happening <laughs> yeah I, I i've seen other brian palmer films that i haven't enjoyed as much as raising yeah. kane so i think it's worth i think it's worth checking out nice so is it something well, you'd okay. recommend as well i think i would yeah just because it's interesting and it makes you think about you know psychology and i'm very into psychology and so i just yeah, yeah. think it's kind of fascinating what the human mind can do to protect itself but i would i would recommend it definitely and I, i'd recommend it just for john lifko as well he's really good in this yeah he's, he he's, is, gr- he's he great is. in everything he does but that is true <laughs> especially harry and the hendersons <laughs> <laughs> what about was lord farquad <laughs> oh my gosh so many <laughs> So many good ones. <laughs> oh, so before, before we wrap this up, do you want to give yourself a moment to uh, talk about your show and what you do? Okay, yeah. So I host a podcast called Nightshade, and I research different topics that are eerie in nature. I talk a lot about hauntings, interesting disappearances, uh, things like that, cryptids. So I also do my own like writing fictional writing for these based on certain think topics that I'm researching. Um, so yeah, it's kind of a really cool show. So if you want to check that out, you can follow me on social. Yeah. So if you want to check me out, I'm on all of the podcast platforms. So just look for nightshade and by Heather Sprague and you can check me out there. It's going to be interesting. I'm going to be doing a lot of producing for it and like writing my own music and sweet. That sounds cool. Writing. Yeah. I'm excited about it. Well, uh, thanks for joining me for this uh, mini-sode, Heather. It was good to have a a talk about this odd little film. Absolutely. It was my pleasure. And I'm happy that I got to watch it again. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Second time watch. uh, Hopefully not the last. Yeah. Every year you got to watch Raising Cain. (laughs) I'll make it a yearly tradition. There you go. <laughs> thanks Best for... in time for Christmas. <laughs> well, thank, thanks for joining me again, and uh, hopefully, we speak soon. And I'll see you later. Absolutely. Thank you, Richard.
I know what you're gonna do, and it's a bad thing. And I'm gonna tell. 